right in with Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. You can fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled. My brothers and sisters, I've been, we've been talking around it for a little while now. And then even uh, certainly on Wednesday, we discussed it a little bit. These roots of bitterness, these roots that, that seem to, to nag at some of us. And uh, the Lord has been dealing with me for a little while. And to be honest with you, uh, I really feel, it didn't really, uh, let me just I need his help this morning. That's, that's all I can say. I need his help this morning. As we begin, in, in, um, I'm going to read, going back now, I'm going to read from the Word, 12, beginning in verse 1, Hebrews 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, that, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I want to give you context because many of us, maybe you've forgotten, but in chapter 11, that's the roll call of faith. That's when the Lord our God defines what faith is, and then he, t- he shows us from the saints in the past how their faith was accounted to them for righteousness, but they were looking forward to something that we now have, amen? So now, and also I want you to keep in mind that he's liking this to running a race. Verse 2, So we're running this race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against sin. And you, have for, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chasing of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, which you have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. My brothers and sisters, listen, I, could you put that back up there for me? And, and Nyla, you're going to have to pay attention because there's no telling what's going to happen here right now, okay? And, and, and my brothers and sisters, look, do, 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 do you see where we started? Where we started, and, and, and it just seems like it took a little bit of a turn, right? It, it, it's talking about running this race. It's talking about running this race, keeping our eyes fixed, and it's talking about this grace that we have. But then all of a sudden, it, it changes a little bit. It's talking then. It, it speaks to this suffering. We need to go ahead and keep our eyes fixed on this race that's set before us. God has laid out a, a pattern for us. He's liking this to running in a race, but you see the course. He's making the course uh, evident to us. He's, he's giving us a course. It's not a big mystery. He's showing us the way he wants us to go, just as Jesus had a course, and he followed it. Amen? So he's saying, just as Jesus ran this race, he ran his race. He followed this course, right? For the joy that was set before him, he could see where he was going. And and because he knew what the goal was, because the, the things in between, what things? What things? 
all of the teaching, all of the rejection, all of the suffering, all of the, all of the, all of the challenges, everything, all of the trials and tests that he had in his life. Not to, you know, and, 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 and my brothers and sisters, we, he was tested and tried just like we were, like we are. Tested in the, in the desert, in the wilderness. My brothers and sisters, he was tested. But listen, because he knew what the destination was, he knew what that course was. He kept his eye. He endured all of that. So now likewise, the Lord is telling us through the scripture that we also, for that, that course was set before us, we need to run this race. But then it, it seems to like take a turn because then it starts to talk about the chastening of the Lord starts to talk about these things that maybe upset our course, but it talks to those as being the chasing of the Lord. In verses 9 and 10, the Lord makes this comparison between our natural fathers, our earthly fathers, and what our God, our Father, does. He, he basically tells us, you know, we as natural fathers, we correct our children. We, we, we chastise them. We, 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 we correct them. We rebuke them. We want to keep them on the, the right course in their lives. You know, come on now. Is there any, help me out here. Is there anybody that can, I mean, I, obviously... Obviously, we discipline our kids because we want them to be raised up well. We want them to get educated. We want them to have good lives. And we know, my brothers and sisters, as fathers and as mothers, and you know, we need to go ahead and, and, and correct our kids, keep them on course, rebuke them. Right? So he's saying it's no different with our Father God. Our Father God loves us. He chastens us. And if you're without chastening, maybe you're not really his kid. So... I'm definitely his kid. <laughs> and I know some of you can say yes and amen because, you know, maybe not even have to look back that far to realize that the Lord has chastened you or the Lord has corrected you in some way or another. So my brothers and sisters, now, uh, continuing now, we're going to go to verse 11. Is it hot in here? Because I know there's a couple of us that are pretty hot. So uh, Hebrews 12, again, now in verse 11. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained in it. See, let's pause here for a minute. Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of, the, of righteousness to those who have been trained. See, those who actually obey the chastening, those who go ahead and, and they've been corrected and then they walk according to the correction. They don't rebel against the correction. So the fruit comes when you act according to the correction. Did I go far off that? It's pretty obvious, right? So let's continue. Verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may be dis- dislocated, may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Therefore, as a result of God correcting us, let's go back to that verse. I chopped it just a little bit. Therefore, verse 12, therefore, strengthen the hands. Therefore, what do you mean therefore? Therefore, because God is correcting you. Therefore, you know that this rebuke, this chastisement, you know that this correction is God. This is God. These, these things that you're suffering through right now, some of them is, is God. And some of them is based on our mistakes, our bad decisions, and God loves you, so he's trying, you're going to go through some difficulties because he's trying to get you back on course. He's trying to correct you. So therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. 
and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. See what he's saying? Look, don't be discouraged and let your hands hang down, right? Don't, don't be droopy, you know? Don't, don't just be limping along, oh, suffering for Jesus. Why me? Why? Stop being a victim. Let me just stop being a victim. There, there's too much of it going on. And I'm so sick of all of these attorneys and all this other stuff. So every time something's wrong, it's somebody else's fault. Somebody has rained on your parade, so let's go get them. Baloney. Let me say that's a theological term. Let me, I decided, baloney. No, stop being a victim. That's what God is saying. Stop being a victim. Lift up your hands, lift up your face, and start walking on the... Listen, let let me go back. There's some words here. Um, Make straight paths for your feet. What's he saying? Plow your own field. No. Follow that path that he's already laid out for you. Don't divert from that path. If you don't divert from that path, if you go ahead and be my... Look at... He said, watch. Watch the path. The enemy's going to try to trip you up. So watch this path and stay on this path and then what is already dislocated, uh, no, what is already harmed, what is already hurting might be healed and not dislocated. Are you with me? See, I'm hurting right now. I just, you know, I I shared with you a few weeks ago when the Lord took me behind the woodshed, right? Amen, you remember that? Okay, I I was hurting. And still, if I really dwell on that kind of thing, it could hurt me. But I'm not going to hang my head. I'm not going to go ahead and give up. I'm still running the race. Are you? Come on, we're still running the race. We're still fighting this fight. But we got to go ahead now and look at the Lord corrected. So now I'm going to, he's, he's put me back on that course. I'm going to be more aware. I'm going to look at, I'm going to make the path straight. What does that mean? Those mistakes that I made, I'm not going to make those again. Come on now. The other things that he's informing me about through messages, through reading and prayer, I'm, I'm going to look out for those. The enemy of my soul is going to try to trip me up with those very things that God is trying to teach me and keep me from. Come on now. So I'm going to look out. I'm going to make my way straight. I'm going to make my path straight. I want to be healed. I'm not going to keep feeling sorry for myself. Uh, this happened to me. Oh, woe is me. This person, you know, did me wrong. That person did me wrong. You know, uh, you know every, nobody likes short Italians. Blah, 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 blah. How in the world can I be more than a conqueror through him who loved me if I'm going ahead and every excuse I have, I'm being a victim? They can't be the same. They can't. So this is God instructing us, my brothers and sisters, when our Lord and Savior when, tells us through his word, when he's saying to us, listen, lift up your faith, lift up your hands. Walk the walk. Make the correction so that I can heal you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Glory to God. So now look, how do we work this out? How do we work this out? So that brings us back then to our foundational scripture. We're going to go back now to Hebrews 12, uh, 14. Pursue peace with all people. See, look, if, I, if, if I'm always looking for someone to be the villain, if I'm always looking for someone to blame for my misfortune or for this trouble that I'm going through, then, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard for me to pursue peace. I, I want to pursue peace. I don't want to look and associate blame with somebody. I'm pursuing peace with that person. So even if a person has done me wrong, I'm still called to pursue peace with that person. Are you with me? 
So it's going to be awfully hard if I'm looking to pursue peace with somebody, even if they do me wrong. God has also told me in another scripture to love my enemies. Huh. I didn't get a lot of amens there till late. Amen. Later. Thank you. But, but, how, how can I be a victim? I can't be woe is me. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. So now, listen, pursue peace, right? Pursue peace with all people. How many people? All people. All people. See, we're so into right now, you know, the, the, the enemy of our soul is so into dividing us up by race and gender and age and uh, social status and everything else. Man, all people. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. And holiness. And holiness. See, we're not hearing that in the churches anymore. God has called us to be holy, and you know it because I've told you over and over and over again, without which no one sees the Lord. You cannot be a part of the culture living the way you used to live or living like they live and expect to see the Lord. It, it can't happen. Not because Tony said so. I'm just the messenger. I, am, I didn't write the message. He did. That is a spiritual law. That is a spiritual law. Verse 15 looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. See, my brothers and sisters, there's this, this grace of God uh, that, that he's, he's given us, that he's imparted to us. And we can fall short of it. Well, what does that mean? I mean, we, we, it sounds like it's because the definition is, you know, by, by, you know, by faith we're saved. Uh, by grace we are saved through faith and not, not, of his, not of ourselves. Not any works, lest any man should boast. Right? We're saved by grace through faith. So it sounds like you're saying blah, 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 and this and that. Let's go to Second Peter real quick. Second Peter 1, 2 through 9. May grace and peace, it's on the board if you need it. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. What, may what be multiplied to you? Grace. grace and peace. So may grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? In the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. His, as his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us in his own glory and excellence. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world by our sinful desires. So wait, listen. Listen. That's the definition of grace. See, Philippians 2. Philippians 2, remember Philippians 2? It is God in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. That's grace. It's God in us to understand, giving, giving us revelation of his will, giving us revelation of his will, and then empowering us to do his will. Now look at this. This, again, is talking specifically about what grace is. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Lord Jesus Christ. His divine power has granted to us we didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it, but in Christ, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All of the things that God has called us to, he has given us by grace. That's grace. Amen? 
Okay. Through the, how do you, how? Through the knowledge. We have to know. We have to attain knowledge. Knowledge of Jesus Christ. Knowledge of his word. And, and as we know him, as we are in relationship with him, we walk in him, we get more Holy Spirit. We're empowered more and more to do those things that he's asked us to do. Now, continuing in verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness and, and godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing... Glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. Remember? Come on, you see all this is falling in line. We need to be increasing in these attributes. We need to be increasing. We're moving from glory to glory. 1 Corinthians, just as by the Spirit of God. All right? For if all these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. They've got to be increasing. You have to be making progress. Are you with me? Verse 9, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. You see that verse? And you see what I've bolded there? You know what? I, you know what? That doesn't mean that, you know, you forgot. Uh-oh, uh, you know, I've, I, I'm not sin- I better go back in my closet. I better ask the Lord to forgive me because, uh, you know, I'm may- I, maybe I'm not... Maybe I'm not forgiven or, you know, maybe this, maybe that, or blah, blah, blah. No. Know what it means? Know what that means? That you have left that life. You've been, listen, you've been freed from sin. So why are you going back? That's what this is saying. Whoever is, listen, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is, is blind. Listen, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. You've left that life. You forgot. You left that life. See, there's the race that he set before you. This race that he set before you. And he gave an example. He showed us what, it's, what it looks like. And he's yoked up with us that we can go with it. We go through this race with him. We run this course with him. And when we're trying to go a different way, other than the course that he's laid before us, then he chastens us. He chastises us. The problem is then we see ourselves as victims and we start to get bitter. We look at the, some of the, the things that it may be a person and because we're not happy with where we are and because things aren't working out, we start looking at other people maybe who are doing us wrong or other people. And, and, and you know, we're in that situation then where even the little things would 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 get to us, would, would work on our nerves just a little bit, would, would, you know, would maybe, and then we start, fe- we start feeling sorry for ourselves. This doesn't work out. Pastor Tony doesn't know what he's talking about. Pastor Tony's only talking about what comes out of this word. You've got to make your argument with him. He's done it. He's done it. I cannot allow that bitterness to get inside of me toward a person, toward God. Come on. Well, God, you know, you said in the word it's supposed to be like this, and it's not like this. Come on now. So we start to lose our endurance. We start not, we, we kind, of, kind of go by the wayside and almost lose, leave the race. Come on now. No, no, no. Stay in the race. He set the course before you. He's, he's got those things that are happening to, listen, to correct you. 
Not to make you more bitter. You have to go ahead and keep your eyes on Jesus. Increase in your knowledge of Jesus. Walk the race with Jesus. Amen? I want to I'll tell you, I struggle with this. I'm, I'm just being honest. I, I'm, I'm, I, there's no doubt that the Lord called me. There was a couple of messages going at once, and I, we've been talking about bitterness just a little bit here and there for the last couple of weeks. And so I went to the Scripture, started studying it out, and then even yesterday, it wasn't, it wasn't coming together very well. And so... Yesterday was a very, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rushed. I mean, I, I go to work in the morning. Before I even left the house, I'm getting texts. My phone, an employee's blowing up my phone at four something in the morning. Problems before I even leave the house. Get there. There's problems when I get there. And now I know that I'm going to be pushed because there's a family gathering that I have to go to. I have to work. Then I have to work on the house because I don't want to pay somebody else to do it. So I'm going to have to do all of this stuff and still try to get to the family gathering, then there's a little tension between me and Michelle because I'm not going to go, I'm going to go, I'm not going to go. Then I want to be at the church because I know we got that other thing going on. Where hey, There's not enough of me to go around. I need a clone. Michelle says, oh, God, no. <laughs> but, but, but are you there? So it's now there's distress, Lord, you know, and every time I turn around, there's someone else whipping a problem at me. We got this problem. My phone, I can't go 20 feet sometimes without the phone blowing up because this guy's got a problem. That one's got a problem. Are you with me? So now I'm home. I'm, I, I finally make it to the house after solving everybody's problems, quote-unquote, air quotes, for those who are listening. Uh, so now I'm, I'm, I'm chugging away on that lawnmower. I'm trying to get the yard mowed, trying to get it cleaned up, trying to beat the... So hopefully, maybe I can make it to church for a little while and then go and... Get, with Michelle to the family gathering and I'm going and I'm going and I'm going back and forth. I'm making mm, okay time and then I, I, I'm, I'm mowing the front. Made it all around the back to the side and I'm mowing on the front and I, there, there's that little newspaper in the blue um, plastic wrapping. This little dinky paper we don't even read. All I do is on my way to throw in the trash, I pick it up and throw it in the trash and put it out to the curb. But now it's sitting in my driveway all the time. So I'm going back and forth and I'm mowing. The, hey Steve, I was going three to nine. It was awesome, baby. It was, <laughs> and so I'm mowing side to side. I'm going straight lines, and I'm looking at this thing, looking good. And so now every time I go in one direction, I see that newspaper there laying at the edge. So I'm thinking, okay, uh, I got the cars up here. I got to go ahead and get this little front cut. Then I'll move the car so I don't throw anything at the cars. And so uh, I'm, I'm going, okay, so now let me go ahead and fit this mower in. I'm going to fit the mower in, and then I'll pick up that. That paper's going to be a problem. I'll pick it up after I mow this section, then I'll pick it up. Amen. So I'm mowing, 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 and I'm, I back up. Oh, no. Confetti. I want to tell you, that, I, that little John Deere mower is powerful, baby. That did not bog down, not a little bit, baby. Those motion blades, they work good. I'm just going to tell you. I shut the thing off immediately, and I'm thinking, oh, no. There it is. I'm not making time. So now a breeze blows and the, the confetti starts blowing in my neighbor's yard. <gasps> what am I going to do? I run and I, I do the first thing I knew to, sh- I, obviously I shut the mower off. I run, I grab the hose and I run down there. I'm trying to wet the paper so it's heavy and it can't blow away. And so I wet the paper and I'm thinking, oh, God, help me, Lord, this, no, no, Lord. 
I wet the paper, got it all wet down. I start picking it up. First, I go over to the neighbor's yard. I got a bucket, and I'm picking up the paper. Hadn't moved them over yet because I'm afraid to. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm picking up all the paper on the neighbor's yard, and I got it all wet down, and, you know, and I, I'm picking up, and I'm making my way back. And then what I noticed was it's taking me a little while because, man, I literally have confetti all over the place. And so it's taking me a while. And as I'm picking up this paper, uh, some of it starts to dry. The breeze blows, and it starts blowing away. Get a little bit more water, just, uh, and I'm just trying to work this out. And I'm saying, Lord, I, Lord, there is a lesson in here. And I, I no, I, I'm, I'm serious. This is me talking to God. God, I know there's a lesson in here. I know there's a message. I know you're trying to teach me something. So speak to me. And this is what I said to God. This is how I talk. God, speak to me. I, I know you're trying to teach me something. And God taught me something. He said, Tony, that's like my people. That paper was something that should have been dealt with, but it wasn't. See, my people have things that they didn't deal with. They, they get busy, they're burdened, they're distracted, and they didn't deal with it. Then all of a sudden, something happens and things go to pieces. So that thing that was buried because they forgot about it, because they didn't take care of it when I revealed it to them the first time, the second time, the third time, because remember, I'm going back and forth, and I'm seeing that every time I go. That thing that I revealed to them, all of those times that they didn't deal with, then all of a sudden, and it spread. So then, praise God, because he is merciful, that water is the word and the spirit, right? Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And out of their hearts will flow rivers of living water. So that word and that spirit, God, I'm telling you, God is true to his word and his Holy Spirit will not leave you. So that water represents the word. So, you know, everything went to pieces. So what do I do? I'm going to pray. I'm going to go. I'm going to read the word and I'm going to pray and things are going to be all right. And it is. Things calm down. Why? Because it cannot calm. It cannot not get better if you'll allow me that grammar, when God is involved. So I'm reading that word, you see. Uh, The Holy Ghost, my words are spirit and they are life. The spirit is in that word, you see. And I'm applying that word so it calms things down. But I still got to deal with it. But the only problem is because I didn't deal with it before, now it's made a mess. Now I've got my problem is involved in other people's lives. See, when that paper went to my neighbor's lawn, that was God showing me, see, we don't deal with it, and then it becomes someone else's problem. Now we've complicated things just a little bit. Now I'm going to speak some things here, and I want you to take it or leave it, which you're going to do anyway. But I hope you take this, and I hope you understand the spirit in which I'm giving it. When we're in relationships... Husbands and wives, when we go into a relationship and we've got all of that stuff that we didn't deal with, oh, we're Christians, we're born again. We've got the power of God flowing in us. We've got the power of God. We've got the word of God. We've got all of that working in our favor, but there was that thing that we never dealt with. What was it? Maybe it was rejection from another relationship. 
Maybe someone did us so terribly wrong and we thought we were over it. But we're bringing that into this relationship. We didn't really, we didn't let God root it out. We didn't let, we had that rejection. Someone mistreated us. Someone physically abused us. Someone orally or verbally abused us. And so we're carrying that into this next relationship. And it doesn't even have to be another relationship with a person, a romantic relationship. It could be you carry those burdens with you in your everyday relationships. So now all of a sudden, that thing, it just takes this one moment in time where that person either brings back a bad memory or that situation that you find yourself in the middle of, of, rather, it, it just brings back a bad memory. And boom! There's the confetti. And now it's spilled all over everybody. And certainly that person who you're in relationship with. Why? Because you didn't deal with it. You've got to deal with it. God has showed you some things. And the things that we suffer, we want to always blame the devil. Look at what this scripture says. This scripture says that it's not always the devil, it's God. God is chastising you. God is is putting some things in your way. God is trying to, in the name of Jesus, stop it. Hallelujah. 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 Father God, in the name of Jesus. Man, we got to deal with it. We have to deal with it. Blows up, and now it's confetti everywhere, affecting everybody and everything. But God has placed some of those warning signs in our path. He's, he's showed us and told us. And here's the great thing. Our God is merciful. He is, he is so mer- He's so loving. He puts those things in our path so that we can make the correction. And then when we make that correction, we get healing. That broken heart, those emotions, you get healing. He'll restore what the locusts have eaten. And then I was reminded of that story in uh, John chapter 4 because so many people are waiting for that instantaneous thing. I just prayed to God and I asked him to take this away from us and it didn't happen. And it did not happen. Okay, well, here's the deal. Remember when Jesus went to the well at Samaria. Samaria. And so he's at that well and then brothers and sisters, uh, his disciples went into town. And when they went into town to get something to eat, that woman comes to the well and he has that uh, conversation with her. And he says, give me something to drink. And you know the story. And they go back and forth. And he said to her, if you knew who this was, who was asking you, you'd ask him. And And I would give you rivers of living water that you would never thirst again. And she says, sir, you know, give me this so that I never have to thirst again. Jesus says, go and get your husband. Go and get your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. What does he say? You're right. You have five, and the one you're with now is not your husband. So watch. Okay, Tony, why would that come to your mind and come to your heart? Here's why. My brothers and sisters, in that moment, when he says, give me this water, 
What's he saying? She's saying, give me your word and the spirit so that I will never thirst again. Give me your word. Give me this life that flows through you from you. Give me this. And he's saying, okay, first go do this. What is he saying? First go do this. Go get your husband. Well, I don't have one. Yeah, you need to deal with that. There's something that needs to be dealt with. Come on now. See, you're not getting it very, you're not getting it. There's something that you need to deal with before you can receive this life. There's something that, this, because you're going to receive, see, you're going to get the water. It's going to squirt you. It's going to weigh you down. You're going to feel good for the moment. But unless you deal with that, that's all it's going to be is a moment. And then you're going to go ahead and you're going to have some bad moments with other people and then you're going to wreck their lives or you're going to cause some problems for other people. My brothers and sisters, the church is racked with this. No, he, he, could have, he could have right in that moment told her, you know, he could have saved her on the spot. He could have breathed the Holy Ghost on her, given her words that she would understand, and it would, nope, first you need to go and get your husband. First you need to come to the realization that you're not doing something right, and you have to deal with this first. Well, that sounds like, Tony, that you've got to be qualified to get saved. No, listen. No, listen to what she, listen to what he said. Give me this water. Give me this water. Give me this flow. Give me this spirit. Give me this that I will never thirst again. Give okay, you're gonna have to do something. You're gonna have to get rid of something. We're gonna have to plow this up a little bit. See, there's something that's deep rooted in our lives, some of us. We have some of these past hurts some of these pains and some of these, some of these resentments that we have even toward other people that have nothing to do with people personally. It may be a racial thing. It may, it may, be, it may not be racial. It may be something else. It doesn't matter. But we have a problem with some, these kind of people always busted me. Therefore, I don't really like or gravitate toward these kind of people. Or, you know, this... How about this? Help me, Lord. I've been a Christian for X amount of years. God gives me revelation. Hmm. Let me ask you something. If something doesn't go your way, do you blow your top? If, if, if something is just not quite right, do you very easily get angry to the extent that you're... I'm not, you don't even have to use four-letter words. But if it doesn't go exactly like you want it, do you just... Because that's an indication, my brothers and sisters, that there's something in there that needs to be rooted out. There's something in there that needs to be taken care of. Yeah, but I've been a Christian. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how much revelation you think that you're getting. If these things are active in your life, what things? Do you lose your temper like at the drop of a hat? And if it's just not, it's, it doesn't have to be anything. It's just that it's just not going your way. You, it got to be your way. You got to be right. All the time. If you're not right, then you're just going to fight. Or you're not going to be happy. My brothers and sisters, that's not, that's not how you pursue peace with all people. That, that's, not, that's not how it's done. Come on now. Last one. Because this also applies to us. Remember um, when Peter and John, after they were baptized with the Holy Ghost, um, they were going to the temple and they were preaching and ministering and they healed that man at the temple gate, that lame man at the temple gate, beautiful. And they're arrested for it. 
they're arrested for following after Christ, for doing what God called them to do. They're following after Christ. And they were arrested. So now watch. The Bible doesn't say they had any kind of pity party. They didn't claim to be victims. This is not supposed to happen. God is, is, God is just. What we, did. We, man, we came in here and we spoke the gospel. We taught what he told us to teach. We only said the truth. And they were arrested for saying the truth, held overnight. And then the next day, they have to sit in uh, uh, the, the same kangaroo court setting that Jesus did. They have to sit before the Sanhedrin, the same council that Jesus sat before. And they're questioned, and they're probed, and they're bothered, and they just finally get told they can't do anything about it, so they're, they're telling them, do not speak in this name. Do not do anything in this name. My brothers and sisters, they came out, you know when they came out, you know what they did? They went back to their brothers and sisters, and they had a prayer meeting. And they thanked God. They didn't go out and say, man, you know what? Those guys, they had no right to arrest us. We should have never been arrested. And Lord, where was God? God, How how could God let us get arrested? We were doing his work. We were doing what Jesus told us to do. How could we get arrested? They were not victims. They did not look at themselves as victims. They went in there and they went and they prayed. And they, they prayed for more boldness to proclaim his word. Give us boldness. Give us boldness. Give us boldness. And when they're praying and so thankful and humbled before God, they're praying and they're so thankful, they're humbled, they're praying for more boldness and power. The Holy Spirit showed up and shook the place where they were praying. And it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought they were already filled. A new infilling. You walk in obedience, you keep getting more. Hallelujah. 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 They weren't victims. They didn't see themselves as victims. But my brothers and sisters, what, so where are we? What, what, if, if, if we don't have things, if you know, we don't have money to, to, to buy this extra thing, or you, know, you don't even know, Tony, uh, I don't even have enough money to get the very basics. Go to God. Go to God. Go to God. If we don't have this thing or that thing, or if this is not going our way, or this isn't working out as planned, we get discouraged. Right? And, and, and remember what we read. On this race, he doesn't want us to become discouraged. Isn't that what he told us? Don't be discouraged. He doesn't want us to be discouraged. Walk in this grace, in his power, that he's given to us. But we cannot continue to get this power when we're hanging on to this stuff. We haven't uprooted this stuff and we're still the victim. We're still blowing up because we haven't dealt with it. We got to deal with it. So now, what is it? Don't shout it out. What is it? Is it a past hurt or a past hurt? Come here, Eddie, come here for a minute. (laughs) <laughs> Don't stretch out too bad. I got out too fast. Look, look, look. All right. Could two people in this church be any more different? <laughs> no, I'm, think, look at us. Well, he's what, 6'5"? I'm about 5'5". Five, 6'6"? Five. Six six. Six, six. <laughs> I'm 5'6". I just grew an inch. 
But look, obviously he's uh, black, I'm white. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that, huh? <laughs> but, but think about that. So, so watch, there couldn't be two people in this church more different than Eddie and I, right? Okay. But we have more things in common. Same family, one blood, right? But see, what the world is trying to do is get him and I to look at each other differently. You see? And, and he's, there's, try, there's there, to break the peace that's between us. I know that this man has my back. See, I don't know, listen, I don't know what it's like to grow up a six foot six black man in Dade City. I don't know that. I don't know what it's like. So it won't be fair for me to say, well, Eddie should act this way or Eddie should think that way. or Eddie, That's not fair. Just like it's not, Eddie didn't grow up uh, a five foot six, extremely good looking Italian in the North. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Did I say that? Is this thing on? No, he didn't grow up a, a five foot six at best uh, little Italian guy in the Northeast. See, I, I, I didn't experience those things that Eddie's experienced in his life. But he hasn't experienced the things that I've experienced in my life. I didn't experience some of the racial slurs that Eddie's had to endure. Some of the prejudice, some of the things that he's had to endure in his life. But then again, he hasn't maybe experienced some of the things that I've experienced in my life. He hasn't, maybe he hasn't experienced growing up a little man having to fight your way through high school. Maybe he didn't grow up thinking that no matter what you do, it's not good enough. That's how I grew up. Not because of my parents, just because of the area. He didn't grow up with some of the problems that I had. And I didn't grow up, obviously, with his problems. That doesn't make us enemies. But here's what has to happen. He has to deal with that, him and God, so that we can be close. I have to deal with that, me and God, so that we can be close. Amen? Amen. Love you, brother. Love you, too. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's what this is about. That stuff that they keep trying to throw on us and that stuff that the enemy of your soul keeps trying to throw on you, deal with it. And if you don't know how to deal with it, we'll talk more about it next week if the Lord allows. But I will, I will say this though. Amen. Amen. Read and pray. Read and pray. Read and pray. Talk to God. Have fellowship. Have fellowship with the saints. Be encouraged. Amen? Amen. Hey, stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God.